all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard, it's what you make of it, but what if only struggle surrounds you, what can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair, please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through, just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see, you are not alone, you have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up, because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm Danielle Boer, your host, as always. Woo! We're in season two. I'm excited. Okay, so I'm also excited for today's guest. I have never been a great money person, so I'm so excited to talk to him. Um, so, Ohan Kayekshin is a certified financial planner, professional with over 20 years of experience in the financial industry. Welcome, Ohan, to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you very much, Daniel, for that great introduction. I'm very excited, very much excited to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I have never been the best at, uh, and I'm an honest person, so I will tell the truth. I've never been very good at any of these things we're going to talk about. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited to find out some, some tips. Okay. So basically, I just want to know who or what inspired you to become the money doctor in the first place. Oh, interesting question. And uh, I myself, uh, just to talk a, a little bit about my background, mm-hmm. I do have my degrees in engineering, my uh, bachelor's and my master's in engineering. But after I did that, uh, I decided to go a little bit further and uh, I did something called in uh, back home, how to say uh, it is called candidate of science. And when I came to United States, I evaluated my diplomas. They gave me an equivalency for my 
bachelor's and master's, they gave me equivalency in engineering. But for candidate of science part, I got an equivalency in uh, PhD in economics, so doctor of economics. Mm -hmm. So that is the main reason I choose the name doctor of economics, just to differentiate myself from as much as I came from the majority, just to be unique in the sense of the name. But uh, I've been in financial industry for uh, now more than 20 years. I always like uh, uh, the way dealing with money. I learned from my, my experience, but also in the meantime, by reading books and different literature and everything, because I myself grew up with a limited belief. I'll accept it. And you mentioned you being an honest person and honesty is one of the most important characteristics that anyone can have. So I'll be honest with you, growing up, I'm from Armenia, which is post-Soviet country, growing up with limiting mindset about like earning potential and saving and all this mindset and money mindset. I decided to learn myself and then after realizing that everything seems complicated than it is in reality, I established onthemoneydoctor.com webpage where I want to share my knowledge in the simplest way possible. So my inspiration came from my mindset and how I wanted to switch it. That is amazing. So I actually, I love that because we like, there's like the fixed mindset and then there's the growth mindset, right? And it could pertain to anything. So a lot of people become the product of their environment and they don't know anything any better, right? This is what they see. So what they see is what they become. And the fact that you're like, no, I want to learn something. I want to understand more. I don't want to be like, you know, everybody else and just be kind of content with things and like, that's just how it is. And, you know, so that's really amazing um, that you took that step and really awesome. Your degrees are very impressive as well. So now, okay, this is what you're welcome. Uh, this is what I need help with. Ha ha ha. How should people, <laughs> right? I've told you, I'm so honest. Sometimes like, too, 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 too revealingly honest, but it's okay. So how should, thank you. Um, how should people manage their debt? Like, I know there's like 200 steps probably, but what do you say maybe is like the most important step to starting to manage their debt? Very interesting. And we will jump back and forth because we are starting now with the debt. But of course, there are steps prior to managing debt. But yeah. let me jump and uh, exp uh, explain our listeners how I understand and how I want to simplify the process. So unfortunately, in American society, and interestingly enough, the recording of this happening on Black Friday, which is a big holiday for Americans to shop yeah. around. And like um, there is something called impulse buying. When you buy it because you see like the name, the, the price tag, it shows 70% off, 80% off. Uh -huh. The only size is it's the size that uh, you are wearing left. So you need to make a decision really quick. So we go by impulses, you know, sometimes we buy stuff and then we regret. I like, do I really need this? Uh, 
t-shirt different color or do 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 i need this pair of shoes just different color because i did have a shoes you know so this is something called impulse buying and unfortunately in american society it is mainly like this consumer mentality and the mm -hmm. easiest way to run when you don't have money when you cannot afford it when you can when when you didn't plan for it to credit cards and credit cards have high interest the high interest on them, something called annual percentage rate, which is interest that you are paying on credit card. And unfortunately, the majority of the people, they just make their minimum payment, thinking of that minimum payment is enough, they will not ruin my credit, they will not report to uh, reporting agencies, but minimum, by doing minimum payments only, it will take like long time for you to pay off the debt and you are paying more interest. So maybe you spend only thousand dollar, but with interest, you are paying back something double that amount or sometimes even, even triple depending how long it takes for you to pay. So there are two main ways of approaching when it comes to paying of debt. One called snowball method, another called avalanche method. Both mm. are connected with snow, but they are very much different. So for people who are approaching their money emotionally, so it is some emotional subject for them, it is usually advisable that they go with snowball method. So how it works? You start with the smallest debt that you have, you pay it off, and now you have this win. Oh, it is one credit card less or it is one loan less than I had before. So it will give you motivation to move to your second credit card. So you start with the smallest amount. But there, the avalanche method, it advises you to start with the highest interest that you have on any card. The reason mm -hmm. being, when you start with the highest interest, avalanche method is the most cost-efficient way of paying debt because you start with the card that has high interest on it. You are freeing out some money so you can direct to your other debts or in some situations, maybe you want to save for emergency fund or some financial goal so you can free up some money really quick. So the most cost-efficient way is avalanche method. But in the meantime, for people who are approaching money emotionally is snowball method. And there is this famous saying, it, it comes actually uh, from Dave Ramsey. I heard it first time, but he says that our money, 80% are our emotions and 20% is only the numbers. Because you are thinking about money, you will think that it's all about numbers. But if it was all about numbers, unfortunately, it shows that it doesn't, people will not be in these situations because they will realize like, okay, this card has 25% annual percentage rate. It means that during the year, I'm going to pay them back the amount that I borrowed plus one fourth of the amount approximately, you know, like the rule of the thumb. Then you will stay away from that debt. But we don't do, we want to go to vacation we put on the credit card. We want to buy this new TV, we would put on the credit card. So now it is time to pay it off. So you can again, free up some money to direct to the areas in your budget that important for you. Wow. So let me ask you this now, Dave Ramsey, Please. I know I went through his program. 
apparently I did not <laughs> do it very well. So if anybody's listening that helped me pay for it, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I went through it a few years ago when I was married and then I got divorced and then that changed a lot of stuff. But anyway, so Dave Ramsey doesn't believe in getting credit cards. He doesn't believe in doing that stuff. He literally pays for everything in cash. So is that your thought process as well? Or do you think that some credit cards are okay? I mean, what do you think? Daniel, uh, how I approach, and, and again, like it, uh, in Dave Ramsey's words and the approach, it can sound a little bit extreme, not use credit card whatsoever, but I understand his point in a sense. He's talking about people who are unfortunately unable to control their finances, who are, who cannot handle their uh, finances. Mm. But if you ask me, if you are someone responsible that you are able to pay off whole balance that you spent last month let's say you have a credit card and you made some big purchase on october but on november you are able to pay it off so the credit card company will not charge the interest i'm all for it because you will get some rewards some credit cards give you three percent cashback i'm all for it for you to get it or there are some travel cards will give you some travel points that you can travel um, the world with the points only without spending money from your pocket. If again, you are able to pay it over the credit card every month fully to avoid paying interest, I'm all for it. But if someone unable to do it, he, he spends or she spends that again, like $2,000, but he knows he's unable to pay it over that $2,000, he will make the 20, 30 or $40 minimum payment. I will go with Dave Ramsey's suggestion, maybe for you, credit card is not the right approach in, in regards to manage your money. So money is very individual subject. That's why it is called personal finance. For Daniel, it will be different. For Ohan, it will be different. But there are, of course, like the main rules which will apply to everyone. But you need to check to see how uh, are you able, how much you are able to control your feelings when it comes to spend from credit card. Because let's say like someone 18 years old, that's the, that's the age that anyone can apply for credit card. They go to their bank, they apply for credit card, and the credit uh, and bank approves them, let's say for $2,000. This individual may be in their whole 18-year-old alive, they didn't have $2,000 accessible for them to mm -hmm. spend. Right. So it will be really hard for them to keep the temptation of spending. Maybe they want to go to, let's say, a trip or hiking with their friends, and it is somewhere they need to buy a ticket now for airplane, and now they are going to spend from the car. So it is very individual subject. Again, if you are able to pay it off fully, after the month ends without paying interest, I'm all for it. Use the credit cards. But if no, be careful with using credit cards. Or as Dave Ramsey will say, just cut it. Cut them. Yeah, that's a good, that's really good advice because you're right. Like if you are using it, which is the only reason I ever got them, which is sad, uh, because I make really good money. That's why I want to talk to you about this next subject. Uh, so I make good money, but I, mm -hmm, okay, budgeting is not my jam, okay? So, 
I'm trying. I know. I don't. Uh, I need to try better. So, again, honesty. Okay. Of course. That's always. Yeah. So, um, anybody that listens to me knows that I tell, I, I say I put my business on the streets. So, <laughs> there you go. There's another thing. Now, <laughs> uh, can you give us probably like your top three tips for budgeting money? Definitely. There are more than three, but I'll try to summarize in top three. And uh, just one point I want to make when you mentioned about budgeting, for majority of the people, the word budget means restriction. So you need oh. to restrict your life when you are budgeting. But I want you to switch your mindset when approaching to budgeting. And if you don't like the word budget, let's use spending plan or cash flow statement, call something different than budget. But it's all about like how much comes in and how much goes out, how much money you earn and how much you spend. And if you have a surplus, that's a good thing. Then we'll decide how you can use and um, use in your advantage that surplus or how to call it like have money work for you. But when there is a deficit, unfortunately, which is in majority of the cases, people run to their credit card. So the three top budgeting tips. First uh, comes to, uh, to my mind, have it in written form. It can be either old school written on the paper, but nowadays with technology, you can use Excel or Google Sheets and have it written. And by the way, for our listeners, just jump right here. I have um, on my webpage, ohandamoneydoctor.com, they can go ahead and download the wealth roadmap that I created. And okay. I give their free uh, budgeting template that I created. So they can do it electronically and they can have it for every month. So first, have it in written form. So it is in front of you. The numbers are in front of you. The second I will suggest to do it in regular basis, at least for the beginning, until the moment it becomes your habit. So you know approximately how much fixed expenses you have. And by fixed expenses, I mean yeah, like your rent, it is not changing, or your mortgage payment, it is not changing. So you know exactly how much you're paying every month. So at least you have understanding of how, uh, how much fixed expenses you have and how much variable expenses you have. Variable expenses can be something like you are going to eat out. So it can be very depending on the month or spending on the gifts. It can be different depending what month of the year we are. So I will suggest the second to have it, uh, to do it in regular basis, at least for some time until you come to that habit of learning. And the third tip I will suggest to differentiate wants versus needs. There are certain things, especially someone like me, that English is his second language, but in reality, the third language. So when you think about need and want, sometimes you think like, oh, they, are, they seem like similar. They are the same thing. You want it or you need it, but they are really different, you know? Yeah. So the need will be something like, again, your shelter. You need to pay your rent in order for you to have a shelter or you need to pay your taxes in order for you to be in good standing with IRS or if you are a business owner so they will not levy it take some money so these are some needs what can be something like oh i want this tv 
or I want this computer, or I want this phone, the new upgrade that came out. This can be a want. So the third point will be to differentiate wants and needs. And what I suggest my listeners, and now our listeners, just to put W or to put N next to the mm. uh, budget subject. So in that way, visually, you will see how many are these items wants and how many of them are needs. And usually it is easier to cut some wants versus the needs. But needs you can cut as well. Uh, let's say you are living in some metropolitan area and you are paying high rent. You can move a little bit suburb and you can cut on your needs as well. So your rent or your mortgage payment when it comes to housing will go down. So these are going to be my three main categories, the main uh, three uh, tips when it comes to budgeting, having in written way, do it in regular basis. And the third one, differentiate between your needs and wants. Oh my gosh. I love this. You're so amazing. You're teaching me so much. So thank you. Thank you. No, honestly, like this is so awesome. Now, what other languages do you speak? Uh, so is Armenian, that's the language, correct? And then... Yes, uh, my mother tongue is Armenian. And the okay, second and language, then, because because I born in Soviet Union time, Armenia mm -hmm. was part of Soviet Union. I speak Russian as well. So oh. pretty much I can speak um, with 15 different countries that used to be part of Soviet Union because they all at that time speak, uh, speak uh, Russian. So my second language is Russian. Then my third language which I'm, lear which I'm still learning every day. And the reason being, I always make this, make this joke, but my wife mentions me like, oh, maybe people will not understand. You need to explain what you mean. So when I came to United States, I wanted to learn English. Then I got a little bit disappointed finding out that not everyone speaks English in United States. So English in their way, Armenians speak in their way, Hispanic people speak in their way, Chinese people speak in their way. So it's very much different. You know, yeah. it is not like the English that Ohio knew before moved to United States because the English that I learned in school, it was British English, but it's so mm -hmm. much different than the English in United States. So these are the three languages I speak. Without, of course, counting certain phrases in Spanish, certain phrases in Korean. I would love to yeah. learn more, but, you know, it, everything takes time and practice. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to tell you something about English in America. So I came from the north and I moved to the south. So uh, even moving from Ohio, so Maryland to Ohio, which is not that far away. It's like 300 something miles. Nobody understood what I was saying because I talked in the slang that was in Maryland. That's how I talked. It it actually wasn't really professional either. I was a manager, but it wasn't very professional. That's just how I spoke. So then I lived there for 11 and a half years. I moved to Georgia and this lady from Southern Georgia had to translate for me English to English. And I was like, so confused. <laughs> I was like, what? Why? Do you not know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> I didn't understand what they were saying. It's, I mean, you know, like every state has its own uh, form of English, as you sh maybe should say. So, you know, so don't feel bad because I had to do the same thing. I hear you. you know? Imagine like for immigrants coming to United States, 
First, we yeah. just need to learn English, and then you find out, as you mentioned, Daniel, every region in United States, the East, West, Midwest, they talk different way. For us, at the beginning, at least for me, I cannot differentiate, so I try my best to listen. Then after living like now 13 years in United States, I became citizen and everything I studied in United States. Now, yes, I can a little bit differentiate Oh, New York accent or oh, Los Angeles accent or even in within Los Angeles, there is different like Valley accent and West Side accent. So yeah. imagine like how diverse. Is. But in the meantime, that's the beauty about America that we have this uh, diverse way of um diverse people and diverse way of talking and listening. So my goal is to speak as simple as I can for our listeners to get the message. Yeah, well, you're amazing, by the way. So you're doing very well because uh, we have listeners all over, different countries and continents and everything. So uh, that's what I love. And I love this show because I can reach so many people that I didn't even have a clue would want to listen to me. So thank you so much for everybody that does listen. And thank you for sharing the message. Of course. No, honestly, like this is going to help. I mean, it could help in any, any form of money that you use. So if you use francs or you use, uh, you know, I don't know all the, the monies in the world, but whatever you, cause I lived in Germany. That's why I said francs, but, um, whatever you use, like, you, I mean, you can, uh, this will apply. So my, okay. Now also in Germany, there's a lot of different dialects, just like we have with different states. So it was the same thing being an American kid. I was young and trying to speak to different parts of Germany. I had no clue. I didn't understand that they spoke a little bit different and a word was different for them. So I understand a little bit. I didn't live there that long, only like three years and then three years twice, but I was little. So it was very confusing as well. Like you're saying, cause I'm just like, cause I learned it one way, right? Cause I was four or five and six the first time. So I was very little. I was still learning English and then uh, 10, 11, 12, the next time. And so, you know, we lived with an actual German family for a while. It was very amazing and a cool. But the way that they said things might differ from when we went and visited Bavaria or different parts. And I was like, I, I don't understand. You know, like I was one-sided. So it's very good that you, you understand that and you can adjust to it. And believe me, even even being, you know, born here it's still hard when you go to different states i don't understand some words that people say still you know so i i know it's got to be hard for you but i give you props for you're very well spoken so i mean you're doing amazing i just want to let you know that thank so. you appreciate it <laughs> no thank problem. you so much no, it means you. a lot to me from someone who born in the united states and for our international listeners i always yeah. define the money I compare it with hammer, you know, it, regardless of like you are in European Union, you use euros or you are in yeah, Great Europe. Britain, you use pounds or you are in uh, Canada, you are using Canadian dollars, regardless of wherever you are in the world. The definition of money is like money is a tool. I compare it with a hammer, you know, with hammer, you can do 
you can break a window, you can break a glass, you can break a car. But in the meantime, with hammer, you can build houses. The same applies to money. With money, you can do so many, unfortunately, evil things and bad things. But for majority of the people, money is bringing more, more love, more abundance. So it brings up whoever you are, you are. It uh, accelerates more of your good part, you know, or unfortunately, in some cases, bad part. But money is like a hammer. You can do good things and bad things. So every uh, culture will understand what we are talking about today. Yes, absolutely. And gosh, you're so good with analogies. I love that. That's very true. You're right. You can build a house with a hammer, which is positive, or you can break into someone's house with a hammer. And that's horrible. So you're right. Um, Wow. I never thought of it that way. So you talked about calling it a spending plan. Is that different from a budget or you're just saying it's a different name for it? So uh, there are in in, in some uh, articles or in some books, people will find that the financial experts differentiate budget and spending plan. But I want to make it simpler for our listeners. You call it budget or you call it spending plan. It's the same thing. Okay. Pretty much you are telling your money where it should go. So certain dollars go towards your rent, certain dollars go towards your transportation expenses, certain dollars go to your food expenses, certain dollars you save for your retirement. So in my suggestion, let's think about spending plan and budget or cash flow, the same thing. Just find out how much comes into your household and how much goes out. Okay. Wow. All right. Awesome. So, okay. Again, this is difficult for me for some reason, but saving money. <laughs> so, saving money. Yes. So what are some tips for saving money? And also, do you believe in having multiple bank accounts? Very good question. And there, there are different opinions on that. But let's start with saving money. And for our listeners, I will suggest a book called uh, Richest Men in Babylon. And that's a book, uh, like all, all, all really like old written book, but the message stays very modern nowadays. So I will suggest our listeners to, uh, read that book, but it's all about if, if I, if I summarize without spoiling the uh, narrative or the plot of the book, it is all about paying yourself first. That's the mind shift that our listeners and ourselves, we need to uh, do. Uh, so what means pay yourself first? When you ask people to save money, plus like you talk about investing, people will all, always mention like, okay, one day when I make enough money, I will save. When I make enough money, I will invest. But it will never works like that. I started as a teller with a bank and I was oh. getting like $900 a month. And when I became a private banker, I was getting like two, three, four times uh, more than that amount. But still, I had the feeling that I'm living paycheck to paycheck until I changed my mindset to pay yourself first. So regardless of how much money you are making now, 
The rule of the thumb is at least to put 10% on the side as you're saving money. But if 10% seems too much, which I'll suggest our listeners, it is not that much, but you can start with 1% or 2% and increase it over time because you will see that you are accomplishing something. You are saving and now you will see you have $10,000 saved. You're like, okay, imagine if instead of 5%, 5%, I did 10%, I would have had $20,000 now saved. So it will motivate you. Just go go into that habit, you know. So first, I will suggest pay yourself first. So put some money. It can be, again, $25, $100 if our listeners don't want to talk about the percentages. can be any amount that you are comfortable. But then, usually I mention like, Oh, you don't need to save money. And people like, what do you mean you don't need to save money? You are in financial uh, industry, financial expert. Everyone talks about saving. But if you pay attention to what I'm saying, you don't need to save money. Saving just in banking, saving account, you are not doing any good to you. The reason being it is not even getting enough interest to fight the inflation. Especially nowadays with the high inflation that we have, Today's dollars will not purchase the same goods in five years or 10 years. So there is something called purchasing power of money. So if you go back 20 years or 30 years, the gas was maybe 80 cents or $1. Now it is in California. I'm talking here like it will be somewhere from $4 to $6 range. It's big range I'm telling, but it will be four to five times more. Versus like, yeah, there are some states in United States you will be able still to buy with $2 or $3 I heard. But it's what I'm trying to give the message that just by saving in saving account, it is not enough. So you need to think about responsibly investing. But there are, of course, certain things that you cannot invest. The reason being, you need to have your emergency saving in your savings account so it can be easily accessible. I will never suggest anyone to to invest their emergency saving. The reason being, emergencies can happen anytime. That's why it's called emergency. And you will go and try to take out your money from your emergency fund. And if it is invested, maybe the market is down. And when the market is down, you are taking your money out. Pretty much you are losing money. So this part should be in saving account. But for the long term, let's say you are saving for retirement, it should be in some type of investment vehicle. But again, do your homework. And for our listeners, Danielle, whatever we talk today is for educational purposes only, and we are not giving any money advice or tax advice, people need to do their own homework because it is individual. It is different for every person. For me, we talk about languages. Money is another language you need to learn. The same way you learn English, the same way you learn Chinese, you need to learn the money language. So I'm trying just to give our listeners the basics for them start thinking about money, start Mm -hmm. learning that money language. And the second part you mentioned, like first is like how to save. Again, pay yourself first. And what was the second part of the question? Oh, you answered it with the bank account thing. You answered it. Yeah, the bank account thing. So I will suggest for our listeners to have different uh, bank accounts, meaning like different saving accounts, one for, let's say, short-term goals, which can be your next year's vacation, or it can be 
the gifts that you want to buy. So it can be in some type of saving account with his for short-term goals. And then you have long-term goal type of saving account where you are saving for big purchases. It can be a down payment for a house, let's say, or it can be um, some dream vacation, which will cost you high, uh, high dollars. So you are saving separately, but there is a, uh, there is an approach when you are separating your money. Again, it comes to individual preference, but when you are separating your money, it will be easier for you to see like how much you have on different buckets. And by the way, several banks nowadays, they offer sub accounts within the same account. So you don't need to go and open uh, five different saving accounts. No, I'm not suggesting that whatsoever. Just look for a bank that will uh, offer you sub accounts within the same saving account. So you can have one saving account, but you can have sub saving account for your emergency fund, for your short term goals, for your mid term goals, for your long term goals. So it's good to differentiate, but not just go ahead and open different bank accounts in different banks because then it will be harder for you to manage because you will have so many statements, so many account histories you need to go over. But if you can do with one bank and have sub accounts, I'm all Awesome. So you talked about investing, which is really important. So I know you teach beginner investors. What is the first step to, I guess, becoming a beginner investor? First step, and again, it is in my roadmap on my webpage, but I will suggest to start with goals. So you need to know where you are going in order not to end up somewhere else. So first you need to know where you are going. So you um, establish your short-term, mid-term and long-term goals. And again, for short-term goals, in majority of the cases, it is not advisable to invest because like you need the money in a short run. What if you invest in, let's say, stock market and the market is down or for some people, they invest in, uh, real estate, but the real estate ma- uh, re- real estate market is down. So you start with your goals, and then the most important step to switch your mindset from consumer to an investor. So if you are someone who is using Apple products, why you don't own some shares of Apple as a company so you become part owner of Apple? Or if you go to Starbucks for your coffee, why you don't become part owner of Starbucks? Or if you do your shoppings in Costco, why you become part owner of Costco? So now instead of just going and spending your money there, you are part owner of that companies. So when they receive some profit, they will give you something called dividends. So by dividends, they will share their profit with you. Usually it is done on a quarterly basis. And by the way, just to make my point straight, I'm not about picking and choosing stocks because unfortunately it is almost impossible to do. 80% of advisors unable to outperform the market overall. And market usually is called something S&P 500, which is 500 top companies in America. So instead of owning individual companies, you can own all 500 companies because Mm. there was a, big retailer in America called Sears. But if you look around, where is Sears now? Unfortunately, on 2018, if I'm not mistaken, or 2019, they filed for bankruptcy. 
because wow. like they were unable to compete with Amazon. They were unable to compete with Target. But I don't have guarantee that Amazon or Target or Walmart will be around in 10 years or 20 years. So I don't know that and nobody knows about it, you know. They are so big companies. Sometimes unfortunate things happen and they go bankrupt. And I'm not necessarily mentioning that all the companies will go bankrupt because in that case, America will go bankrupt. But you can, instead of picking and choosing, you can hold the whole stock market. So if the new Tesla comes out, you own part of that as well. Nobody knew about Tesla 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Not about scientists itself, Nikola Tesla, but the Tesla, the car company that I'm talking about. But you never know what is the next Tesla that will come out. So I will always right. suggest our listeners to diversify. So instead of putting all your eggs in one basket to have in different places, but always do your homework. There is no such thing at get quick. Get quick is a scheme. There is no way. It is like a path that you need to cross. It is a little bit long, long path. But in the meantime, there is this saying, yes, that slow money is long money. So you are earning slowly, but it is for a long run. Versus there are some risky stuff nowadays with cryptocurrencies or NFTs, which I don't understand. I haven't done my homework on that. I will never suggest you to put your money in risky stuff because... If you want to gamble, that's called gambling. You know, you can go either to casino or <laughs> at least put 5% of your holdings. So in case you lose lose it, lose them, it will not affect overall your financial situation. Wow. Thank you. Good advice. So you talked about mindset a lot, which is awesome. And that's something that I'm doing. Uh, I'm starting life coaching, which you actually, I saw that you saw that. So thank you. So I'm starting life coaching and that's all about the mindset. Like I want people to forgive people and I want to do transformation. So that's this different, of course, but also with the financial mindset. So what is a wealth mindset? I think you've been telling us the tips the whole time, but what exactly, how can you explain a wealth mindset? First and foremost, congr congratulations. I saw the certificate, certificate you. you got about forgiveness coach. It's very important because like by not forgiving, you are only hurting, harming yourself, you know? So certain things we need to Absolutely. forgive in life. When it comes to mindset, and mindset can apply to anything, but let's talk about uh, money mindset. So um, to differentiate, it can be scarcity mindset or it can be the abundant mindset. For some people, they think that if I earn or if I receive some type of investment, so money will come to me, money is limited. But money is not limited. If you can hear all these news and everything, governments print money all the time. So money is out there. You just need to find the ways to bring it to your bank account, to your investment account. And it is by doing one simple thing, spending less than what you earn. So living below your means. That's very important mindset shift to make. So if you are a, star, if you are a student, you, your spending habits are different. And let's say you are a low degree student. So you become an attorney, you become a lawyer. And then you start with some type of like starter type of position. Maybe you are uh, assisting someone. You are getting a certain amount, let's say just for our hypothetical numbers, $50,000. Then all of a sudden you got 
some experience and now you are an attorney and you are earning $200,000, which is four times more what you, were, what you are investing. In majority of the cases, when the income goes up, people bring their lifestyle up as well. So they change their lifestyle. They move to bigger house. Instead of Toyota, now they want to buy a Mercedes. So they are changing their lifestyle and to keep up their lifestyle with their earnings. Versus the wealthy mindset, the wealth mindset, or the right in a right way, money mindset will be because your income increases, you don't increase your lifestyle versus you start saving and investing more because there is something called financial independence. And if we ask to different people how much money you need to be financially independent, no one knows the exact number. They will just throw some numbers out there, $100 million, $5 billion, or some people will throw a number of like $5 million, but they never sit down to their to do their homework, to understand how much money I need that from this point on, I will not work or work will be just optional for me. I'll just do the stuff that I like doing. That will be financial independence. So one thing, again, like just to repeat myself, but I cannot emphasize enough, to live below your means and save and invest the difference. That will be biggest mindset shift. And another one we talk already about, but I'll mention here as well, and switch your consumer mindset to investor mindset instead of just being consuming, consuming, consuming before, because, because again, Dave Ramsey mentions, but, um, the number, uh, he, he says that, uh, apparently, or, or I heard it from somewhere else, but it, it came up from Dave Ramsey's, I, I guess, webpage that, um, if we look around in our houses, we, we have approximately like 5,000, in some cases, more than 5,000 items that we don't need. We just bought them, you know, and but we don't need it in reality. So this is like, again, the consumer mindset, this impulse buying mindset. There is a rule of thumb. They, uh, they say that you should wait 24 hours until you make your final decision if you want to buy that item or no, I will suggest let's stretch it. Let's do it 48 hours or wait for a week if you can wait. And then you decide, do I really need that shirt or that uh, suit or that hat or that shoes that I'm buying or that upgrade that I'm doing because my phone works fine? That's another shift. And uh, another mindset um, point comes to my mind when Instead of like, oh, I cannot afford invest, switch your mindset. I cannot not to afford to invest. So I need to invest. So it is paying yourself first. So these are some stuff I want our listeners to start thinking, listening about. And I know we talk so much things that I will suggest even to go back and uh, listen second time or maybe third time just to see like how these um, points are accepting or sitting again this is a this is a foreign language money is a language by itself so you need to practice all this that we are talking and action take action not only listen and read just take action on on the stuff that you are learning absolutely and you're right so when you're listening to this well you won't know because i'm just now saying it i was going to say it would be helpful to take notes when the listeners are are going through this episode because there's so many important keys and then go to ohanthemoneydoctor.com all that's on there so 
you know, yes. you can listen to it three times. Thank you. But, or <laughs> you can just, you can listen to it and then go to the, the website and all the tips and everything are in front of your face and it will be uh, a lot easier than you can do the budgeting um, template, all those things that are amazing that I definitely need to do as well. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we talked about a lot of stuff. Now, retirement. When do you suggest that, um, and I heard that this is also an investment too, which I'm not really good at this either. So the 401, whatever, is it the BK hey. something? Hey. Okay. So there you is can explain. as well, correct. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I knew there was some kind of letters and numbers. <laughs> so, um, all right. Now, when do you suggest that people should start saving, doing their retirement uh, planning? Um, to, to answer it short, as soon as possible. So there is no time like um, it is early for me to start thinking about my retirement. No such thing. You start as soon as possible. But you mentioned about 401k and 403b I, I, I brought up. So these are the numbers from tax code, IRS code. It seems a little bit confusing, but 401k is for people who are working for profit companies. It can be the mm. same Starbucks or it can be a bank or it can be a bakery, a bakery next door or some mechanic shop. The company that works for profit, if they suggest a retirement account, in majority of the cases, it will be 401k. Then for teachers, uh, for doctors who are working for non-profit companies, which can be hospitals or schools or non-profit organizations, they are... Um, giving option of participating in something called 403b but 401k or 403b the principle is very much similar you know almost the same i will suggest our listeners if their employer offers 401k so they contact their hr asap if they don't if they haven't done it yet and find out if their employer offers a match and what i mean by match when you put certain amount to your 401k or 403b, your employer will give you matching dollars. So let's say it is 3% match or 6% match. And you put, let's say, $1,000 in the 401k, your employer will give another $1,000 on above, above that. I haven't seen anything that will make a 100% return like the match itself. So I call it low-hanging fruit in the sense that it is something that you can do right today. You can call and find out. Otherwise, you are leaving money on the table. And another option, not to disappoint people who are not uh, receiving any 401k or 403b, in United States, this is all we are talking, it's kind of in United States, but there is something called, uh, but there are similar uh, similar vehicles in Europe and similar vehicles in other areas uh, there is something called Roth IRA where you can open an individual retirement account. Again, do your homework, consult with your tax advisor, but you can put money after paying taxes on it so you can grow tax-free. So this is all I'm talking about. Again, you guys do your own homework, but it is never early to start thinking about retirement. There is very famous uh, Chinese proverb, yes, about three when they say like, the best time to plant the tree was 20 years ago. 
the second best time is today. So if I apply to retirement, the best time to start saving for your retirement was 20 years ago. The second best time is today if you haven't started yet, you know. So time is your best friend. So start as soon as possible. Yes. Thank you so much. So that's so awesome. We've touched so many subjects. So the last one I want to ask, and I really, I've known about most of them, but this one, I have no clue. I can kind of maybe guess. So what is risk management when it pertains to finance? Like what, what does it mean? So if you ask these to your financial advisor and, or, or someone who been in finance, they will right away jump to insurance. Insurance is some mm. type of risk, you know, uh, management tool. Uh, let's say you are a young parent and you have your kids and they are depending on you. So you need to have some type of life insurance, which is I'm not a big fan of um, big life insurance policies. I'm more of a fan of like term life insurance okay. until like 18 years old. When they become 18 years old, they can... Uh, start like supporting for themselves unless there are some situations if if you need for whole life that is another option again insurance is a contract make sure you read and understand what you are getting it but if i if i can explain in simple english again what means risk let's say you want to cross a street and it is some type of quiet neighborhood you know where the um, driving speed is only 25 miles per hour you can just look around, you can look right, you can look left, see there is no car and you can cross that street. Like in your neighborhood, you know, you want to go to your car, which is parked across the street. But let's say you are in California or in New York and it is some type of highway or freeway, which has like eight lines of cars moving in 70 mile per hour speed, then it will not be the easy, uh, the same rule for you to cross this freeway. Now you will like, consider should i cross or no which i will advise nobody uh, crosses the freeway but it will be very high risk for you to cross this freeway so yeah there is different different measures different sizes of risk you know something called risk tolerance for some people it can be they have high tolerance to risk for some people it can be they cannot tolerate any risk they will tell you like no i want to make sure that my money whatever i put is always safe stays there so they don't have any type of risk but there is this famous saying in finance with risk comes rewards but of course it needs to be some risk that you understand what you are getting in, and some type of measurable risk the easiest way usually to find how much tolerance one has usually they ask like oh you have um hundred thousand dollar is it going to be okay with you if you wake up tomorrow morning and it become eighty thousand dollars so you lose twenty thousand dollars for some people it will be like no 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 way like i can lose twenty thousand dollars you know it's a big risk for me but for some people they will tell like okay what is the benefit of being in this risky situation maybe there is a risk of like if i wait and i i'm able like how to say like my stomach is able to handle it i will hold on that 20 percent loss knowing that in near future or in some time on long term it will come back and it will even grow more like i will have 40 percent increase on my money so risk is very again individual subject and everything that we um, not only here, but every investment that we talk and 
you read guys about everything includes risk in it. So make sure you understand what risks are involved in it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Okay. This has been one of the most educational uh, <laughs> episodes that I've ever had. So I'm glad. I really, yes. Thank you so much. You are so intelligent and knowledgeable and your experience shows through and you're just ready. Like, boom, I know about this and that, and that's awesome. So, and I think that's great that you have a PhD. I'm a nurse and that's different, you know, that's medical field, but you know, I always think that's important amazing. again, very important. Your Thank profession, you. nurse, very important. Yes. I was. Thank you. Much. Every profession but actually. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Your profession is very important too, because if you think about just like with me, I think about now talking to you <laughs> of how much money I wasted. Oh, not good. And so honestly, I had a business for a while and I'm making good money and I spent, I don't want to say waste, but it was a waste kind of. So I spent all this money into this business and instead of saving or investing, I invested in that business. I no longer have that business. So thousands of thousands of dollars. I don't even know how many thousands, maybe 40, 50,000 is gone because I don't have that anymore. I don't have anything to, to, you know what I'm saying? Like there's no uh, physical thing that I can say like, Oh, I gained from this. I did meet a lot of amazing people. I had good experiences at the time, but nothing now I have, a lot of products that I have that I don't need anymore, you know, stuff like that. But uh, this backdrop actually is from my business. <laughs> so that helps. Oh, nice. uh, but, See? you know, and with nursing, this is what I want to tell people also. Travel nursing, we get paid more. Yep. But when you talk about uh, risk, right, it depends on the individual person. So therefore, right now I have to find a new job. Okay. It's hard sometimes. Sometimes it's easy to find one. It depends on when your contracts are up. Sometimes it's difficult. So right now I'm trying to find a new contract. The contracts have gone down by a thousand dollars a week. Okay. That's a lot of money. So when I started travel nursing until, you know, a few, maybe like two, three months ago, I was making double of what I'm making. Double. I lost half of it. Okay. So I did what you said, Ohan, which is bad. I brought up all my bills. And again, some of it is business stuff, even with my new business that I'm about to start. Uh, Cause I don't take out loans and stuff. It's just from what I make. So, uh, I, my bills have gone up. And then when your pay goes down, and I have 13 week contracts. So I was blessed to be at one job for a whole year, which I was making very good money. And because of the pandemic, it, the, you know, the rates went up. So that was great. But then now I have all these bills. And so when your money gets cut, you're like, Oh, what do I got to get rid of? And it's very stressful. So like you said, if you live uh, below your means, which is very smart to do, uh, <laughs> then, you know, it's helpful. And that's why I'm being honest with you, because that's something I wish that I would have done. It's not too late for me to do that. Uh, the contracts that I'm looking at now, like I said, or are $1,000 less a week than I make right now. So that's at least $4,000. 
a month. That's a lot of money. So now I have to go in that mindset again. What, what do I, what do I not need? Right. What do I just want and not need? And I have a lot of subscriptions to things, but a lot of it again has to do with my business or the podcast or whatever. So it's not just like fun, like, you know, I'm just spending stuff. So that is kind of a need, you know what I'm saying? I could find maybe cheaper ones, but anyway, so this was very, very, very helpful. Um, other than Ohan, the money doctor.com, do you have any other ways that, you know, people can follow you or reach out to you? Absolutely. Thank you very much for this opportunity and thank you for being honest. And the most important, now you learn the lesson and there is no such thing as failure. We always learn, you know, so when you approach, when you start your next business, you already know the same Danielle five years or 10 years ago. So you will have, a, you will be experienced Danielle. So just be positive and you'll, you'll do great. Where people can find me, we didn't talk about it, but I put uh, out re regularly like content. So if uh, our listeners go to Instagram, TikTok, or uh, Facebook, um, they can find me at Ohan the Money Doctor. So I put regular like videos, regular like guides, tips, stories. So I try to bring the message out. I will suggest our listeners to check it, and if they like it, they can start following me, come to my world. Also, like I recently launched my YouTube channel again, OhanTheMoneyDoctor.com and they can listen to different uh, interviews that I had, uh, different uh, podcast guests I have been. But in the meantime, like I try my best to give the message out. And of course, you mentioned to go to my webpage, OhanTheMoneyDoctor. I have free downloadable, I call it Wealth Roadmap, which will give you the first three steps to set you towards your financial independence, where I talk about budget, pain of debt, the difference between saving and investing. So I will suggest our listeners to go on the money doctor.com. And again, if uh, they have time and will to uh, find me on social media. Yay. I hope they do because this has been really amazing. Like I have, you just made everything so simple and not scary so a lot That's of times, so yeah, but sometimes like fear stops, like used to now I've, my mindset has changed, but fear stopped me from so many things. So it was like, when you don't know where to begin, then sometimes it's scary. Cause it's like, you know, it seems like a big, huge world, but if you have, you can go to step one. And then, like you said, with the roadmap, it makes so much more sense. And then it just like eases your mind like, oh, okay, this is possible and I can do it. So like you said, thank you so much. I, I do have a different, <laughs> different mindset on what to do. Like when I start this uh, business and luckily this business is not a lot of physical things. Like when I was a, a photographer, I had a studio and so closing my studio was hard. It was very hard. It's actually going to be a year in February that I closed it. So that was very difficult for me. And then now I have all these things and I pay storage every month for stuff that I don't use. And, you know, so that's something I need to cut out of my, yeah. So, but, you know, right. you learn and you, right. Oh, that's not, <laughs> I don't want to keep budgeting for that. Yeah. So, but you learn and you grow and. And then like with this is mostly my business now is going to be like online. So 
thankfully there won't be all this physical stuff that, you know, I would just have hanging around afterwards, but, um, it's going to, it's going to work out. I have faith because I want to help so many people just like you're helping so many people. So, you know, um, I really am thankful for you talking to us. This has been, I've said it 60 times, but (laughs) not that many times, but it's been so great and very, very educational and something that will help us for many, many years to come. And I can't wait to go to your website too. I need to do what your um, budgeting template and all those things. And thank you for being so kind. You have great energy and a really nice smile and you just seem like a great person. So my pleasure. That's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Danielle. You're welcome. Well, you have a fantastic day, and I'll definitely keep in touch with you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, dear. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authentic points of view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart